I thought I kicked them all out, but when I went to the bathroom, they must have came back in. And one <laughs> fell asleep. There's a little uh, shelf here. He falls on the monitor, and then he falls on the laptop. Oh, God. <laughs> well, this is going to be action-packed. We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. Over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny. And the USA. USA. Okay, let's get this over with. <laughs> so, uh, Chuck, you remember in Deadwood? A guy selling soap with $20 hidden in it? You know, I don't remember that. It's been a while. Uh, what was the, was, uh, what was the plot It was line? just a short passing and uh, when Bullock first gets to town and he just basically pushes him out of the way and tells him to take a hike. So that's what Soapy Smith did. Oh, okay. So he's he a real would, person? He's based on a real person like okay. most everybody on that show. Yeah. And good thing Chuck is coming in here totally blind because if he would have listened to the podcast, he would have known not to do it. But uh, no, thanks actually, for doing it. I did listen earlier this afternoon, so there. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Which one did you listen to? Uh, I listened. I'm going to have to look it up now. It was the one to, uh, I think it might have been one of the first ones. Oh, no. I'm sorry for your loss of yeah. time. <laughs> Well, that was the the whole excuse for doing this is because I sent you guys that a storybook and you never did a podcast on it, so I said I guess I'll have to do it myself. So, uh, should we start the show? Fucking ford ford this river. All right. So it's usually Tony who doesn't know anything, but uh, Chuck, you can be the uh, the stand-in for the the proxy for the dumb people out there. We can be fools together because I don't know mm. shit. So, actually, let me correct myself. Uh, I had it in reverse order. It was the most recent one. It was the Bone Wars. Oh, the Bone Wars. That was a long, drunken night, so there's a lot of... Oh, yeah. A lot of dino babble, a lot of bow, so... Yep. Many white claws fell that (laughs) night. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll just start while we're waiting for them, I guess. So, 1896, gold is found uh, in the Yukon. There are only few trails into the interior. One of them came out of White Pass out of the town of Skagway. <clears throat> That's where you get your skag. Yep, absolutely. Uh, White Pass was also known as the Dead Horse Trail for some reason. Maybe because of all the dead horses. Oh, thought yeah. some guy named some guy named Jim Dead Horse found it or something. Very possible, but uh, most of the dudes were greenhorns. Had no idea what they were in for. Uh, most of them never been even camping before, so just imagine that walking uphill in the snow to almost a four thousand foot pass. Actually, the Chilkoot was four thousand. This was closer to f- three, but starting out at sea level, obviously. You know, if I was going to be part of that mission, I would rather go in blind like that with no expectations, so you don't get scared by anything. You know what I mean? Well, that was um, 
Soapy's take on a thing. If he took all their money in Skagway before they got out of town, they wouldn't be killed by the elements and the avalanches. And so basically he saved their lives by taking all their money. So <laughs> I'm saving people by robbing them. Yep. What do you mean these guys had never been camping before? Is that possible? Yeah. You know, it wasn't that primitive. People were just coming directly from Seattle, and Seattle became a major city just because they were ripping off all these dumb shits going up to the Klondike, more or less. Ah, gotcha. Uh, the Great Seattle Fire was 1889, so it was just a few years later that, you know, six or seven years later, before all this stuff happened up in Alaskaville. And then the tech industry moved in. Five, yeah. e- five years after? Five years after, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get up on my Seattle research. It's a pretty fascinating city from the bits and pieces I picked up. Yeah, it was actually called New York when it uh, was founded. Mm-hmm. They, they were going to call it New York. And what happened? Somebody was like, that's a fucking dumb idea. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's already one. What does Seattle mean? Uh, it's a it's a take it's on a Chief. Wait, Chief Seattle, right? Oh, okay. Chief. Yeah, yep. I've heard of Chief Seattle. I didn't know that was... Uh, so they stole that, too. Yep. So the uh, the island I probably sent you this afternoon, picture yep. there, that's where Chief uh, Seattle was born. Imagine nice. that. Yep. And what do you do to desecrate that area? Get stoned and chase deer around. <laughs> oh, no, that sounds pretty nice, actually. <laughs> so I guess we'll keep going without Bo. Huh? Skagway has one dock. So when the ship gets into town, people's shit was just thrown on the beach, which meant if the tide was coming in, you had to hurry up and get all your shit out of the mud. Um, Soapy's men were nice enough to greet the people coming in, saying, hey, how you doing, old pal, old buddy? So they kind of pose as uh, bogus businessmen, telegraph guys, packers, etc. They had uh, even false storefronts. So, like, the front room would look like it was a telegraph's office, but the wire just end, ran to the end of the bay and nothing further. So they'd just be basically, the whole, half the town was in on, on half of this shit going on. That's some sure. serious conspiracy, man. Yeah. Get that many people involved on in a scam. Is all this uh, true? Mostly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that. Um. Oh yeah, Soapy had the uh, coined the phrase "the sure thing." Really? So, yeah. No shit. That's probably made up, but you know, it's <laughs> nice to think of. So, like a stranger steps off the ship. This is kind of one scenario that was kind of typical. Uh, one of Soapy's guys, Slim Jim Foster, appears out of the blue, Ooh, yeah. like helps him with his luggage, and then steers him towards the reliable packers, quote unquote. When it comes time to pay, the stranger takes out his wallet. Then a bunch of guys step off from out of the alley and start beating the shit out of them. Sounds like Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, (laughs) take that, the man. So the guys working as packers would make a good show of trying to fight them off, but of course they're all in it together. and They all split the money once they get back to the Soapy Saloon there. I want to see a heist movie where Soapy just puts together a team of like the most... You know, like, rough and tumble, like, down and out shitbags and dresses them up real nice, and they go out robbing people at the docks. Yep, that would be uh, Ocean's 1837, yeah. Yep. <laughs> lagoon, fetid lagoon. 
<laughs> so also on White Pass Trail, they would have traffic jams. Like a pack horse would fall across the trail. It was like, you know, your King 5 uh, traffic and weather all together. Uh, then two of Soapy's guys would take a shell game up there, like, you know, a real shell game. Uh, and then they would take a lot of money from the miners. Then uh, magically the horse gets up and then they all go back to, uh, or at least Soapy's guys go back to town with all those dudes' money. So the horse was in on it too. So he even had horses under his uh, purview. Con man horses. So what was this guy's main uh, main gig? Was it was it all just completely bogus? Oh yeah, he would um, big and small. Basically, he would have like um, fake lotteries too. <laughs> yeah, those were you big. See- oh yeah, you you said he ran a saloon. A saloon and uh, of course the brothel out of the back too. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. I, was, I just assumed they all had those. those. Yeah. Well, that was most of his money to start out with, and then he would just basically diversify. But he would always portray himself as well-groomed, well-spoken, well-educated, Rico Suave motherfucker. Um, but he had everybody under his uh, payroll, cops, marshals, whatever. And when the, the dupe... Uh, would go to the marshal and say, you know, I want to press charges. The marshal would say, well, you got to at least wait six months for the trial while you're not going up to the Yukon and trying to find your fortune. So that's fun. Man. Also on the payroll were lawyers and the newspaper editor there in Skagway. Uh, Skagway right now has about a thousand people, which is not very big. You know, it's just a tiny little... Little thing in between all the mountains there and uh, on the Panhandle, Alaska. There, have you been up to Alaska yet, there, Chuckers? No, man, never been to Alaska. Always wanted to go. Uh, so this is part of Alaska at this point. Still is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it was Washington. It might as well be. It's a lot easier to get to Seattle to Skagway than to Skagway to the Klondike. That's you know, there's no mountains in the way. It's all water. Yeah, man, I need to get to to Alaska. That that shit looks amazing. I want to go too. It looks beautiful, but uh, I've got a DUI, so Canada won't let me in. Oh, you're uptight. Doesn't everybody in Canada have a DUI? Yeah. Good day. Good day. day. Kick them all up. <laughs> driving under the influence of kindness. <laughs> Gee, coffee and manners. Kindness and manners. That's scary, just the one block that has all the junkies in Vancouver. It's like the whole West Coast junkies are just in that one block in Vancouver that they keep them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like an alley in Chinatown, right? It's close to it. I remember yeah. seeing it uh, one of the first times we went up to, to see Know Your Stuff You Should Stuff. We're, we're not going to uh, put your real name or your real show title in any of this. <laughs> Just yeah. so you don't get in trouble. I think that theater we performed uh, in that very first trip was uh, the rickshaw. That was kind of yeah. heroin central, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That's that pretty, what pretty, we're talking about. Pretty rough place. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Um, Soapy even took in stray dogs. That's how oh, that's nice. much of a front that he wanted to put up that he was a good guy. Did he do bad things to the dogs? Don't tell me if he did. Oh, oh no, no. He's okay. not that kind of monster. Um, this, was this guy really on Deadwood as a as a character in an episode? It was just a, a quick a little allusion to him. Gotcha. 
that illusion was, with an A. Yeah, yeah. That was a great thing about that show, or one of the many great things. Yeah, we do have a couple of, actually two Deadwood episodes about the real people that they were basing it on. So. Oh, man, I'm going to check that out for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah, it was actually so fun to learn all that stuff that uh, I'm, I'm going to actually watch the show one of these days. Have you never seen it? No. Well, I saw the show, but for some reason I still have not gotten around to the movie. Oh, right, because the show got shit-canned and then they made a movie to cap it off, right? Yeah, like many years, yeah, l- right. just last year, I think, was the movie. Yeah, Did you yeah. see that one, uh, Will? Yep. yep, that was pretty good. They kind of spent the first half updating everybody. Right. But I was satisfied with Bullock's mustache. It finally came in, because in real life, <laughs> Bullock had a real cookie duster. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> yeah, man, I missed that show. That was good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Just, just the, the swearing was just top notch, top notch swearing. Cocksucker. Yeah, I want to like believe, and you know, I've been asked the question about the the time machine question many times, and even though I know it's an awful place, I've always said the old west is just some place I would want to go and see what it's really, really like on a day to day basis. Probably really stinky. Yeah. Unless you bought soapy soap. Unsanitary, <laughs> stinky. But you get these ideas that it's like the movies and TV shows that you've seen, that it's nothing but shootouts every day and uh, people being thrown out of the window of the saloon. But I got to think on a day-to-day basis, it was a little more chill than that. Don't you think? Yeah, you can't, you can't live like that all oh, the yeah. time. No. There were certain times and places where it was that rowdy. Sure. But... It was kind of short-lived and flame out in a couple of years, mostly because of the they got all the gold out of wherever they were getting to. But once the wives got there, then it, things kind of calmed down. Oh, is that <laughs> like when they set up permanent residence? Is that when it sort of... Uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. That makes sense. That's probably why a good thing that Deadwood ended when it did, because on the timeline of history, it burned down, and then they rebuilt it in uh, brick, where what it looks like now and uh wives started moving in and then they basically moved out have you been there uh yeah because the black hills because bo and i grew up together in north dakotaville oh that's right uh that's a short little jaunt away and basically that's the only um destination that's close and actually fun you know it's like they have trees there and stuff uh-huh. Ooh, that's a selling point mm-hmm I think I've met Bo, right? Yeah, he was uh, not this last trip, but the, the trip before? before. Yep. He looks like, um, what's his name from, uh, what's his face? Big Lebowski. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The island. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I remember. I totally remember Walter. meeting him. He was a cool guy. I hate that he doesn't like me and doesn't want to be on his own I, podcast. Just cause I, he's, just, I, he's just out I gathering here? wood, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, hey, he's back. back. Yeah, he's You're back. back. I literally had to tether my fucking phone. I've been using this, like, with no hiccups all day. And then as soon as Chuck shows up. But, okay, we're back. There he is. Well, I was I'm glad, just talking I'm, about you. I'm glad, you didn't get, I'm glad you didn't get killed out there, man. Usually the Woodhawks get iced first, you know? Yeah, I don't get killed. I, I do the killing. You forget who you're talking to here. <laughs> oh, Hugh Glass me some shit. That's right. So... So his name was Soapy with a Y, or is it like Alfred E. Newman, Soapy Smith? It's Soapy with a Y. Okay. 
a KY. <laughs> Terrible. Yep. All right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we know stuff you should, uh, you know, whatever. That's PG. And yeah. uh, Movie Crush is uh, PG-13 to R. This is yeah. rated uh, GG for GG Allen. Oh, boy. So is there yeah. going to be a hot dog in your butt soon? Well, soon. That's, how we, soon. that's how we records every time, yeah. <laughs> so you start the day. Start the day with a hot dog in your yeah. butt. Hot, hot dog just sounds way way too, uh, it's not classy enough. It's a it's a meat suppository. Oh, God. Oh, that's a decent think, band name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nardwar has a song about that. Uh, hot dogs. Hot Dog High, I think it's called. Ah. Okay. Yep. Okay. okay no, so- no effects has hot dog in a hallway. Okay, we can move along yeah. now. Yep. <laughs> All right, where, where are you at since I was out fucking stealing l- l- lumber from beavers or something? <laughs> like, Well, I just uh, kind of set the stage, so now we're going back to um, Soapy was born Jefferson Randolph Smith in 1860, and where? Georgia. Oh, nice. Always on my mind. What town? Uh, I forgot to look. I can figure they, they might not have had towns back then. It was just Georgia. Yeah. Well, he was on a plantation. You don't need a town when you have your own little town with a bunch of uh, unpaid intern, like, involuntary <laughs> un- labor force. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find what town. He actually uh, came from a well-respected family, lawyers and ministers. Uh, Soapy's cousin, Edwin uh, Bobo Smith, his nickname was Bobo, he became a respected newspaper editor in D.C., that's nice. But after that little thing called the Civil War, things kind of went downhill for the family. Uh, his father got to drinking a lot, and they moved to Round Rock, Texas, which is right by Austin. Yep, just north, right? Something like that. I've stayed in Round Rock. Out by Pflugerville? Yeah, the Round Rock is where you stay at South by Southwest when you book it too late. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only like probably 20 miles into town to like 6th street area from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't, it's was not too bad. Yeah. All right. Surround so rock, Texas. Yep. So his mother, Mabel, that's a real name. Um, they operated a hotel there. Uh, she had a parrot that cursed like a sailor <laughs> picking it up from Mabel. Mabel was the one cursing like a sailor. Nice. Classy. It was young Soapy's job to meet the passengers coming off the train and convince them to stay at that little hotel there. Oh, I see a so. patterns forming already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somewhat when a, innocent beginnings. Somewhat. <laughs> so when a circus comes to town, um, he picks up a shell game from a grifter named Clubfoot Hall. I was running into a lot of a lot of Clubfoot Hall. A lot yeah. of Clubfoot. Like Clay Ellison was a clubfoot. Uh, wasn't there a clubfoot guy when we did? Um, like Henry Plummer, didn't he have a clubfoot guy in his gang or some shit? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I remember it was that. Like, must have been very. I wonder why the uh, prevalence of club feet went away. Was it just like they do surgery on babies, or they figured like, out the inbreeding was bad for you? Oh well. Mm. Is club feet one of those things though that they just catch all term for anything wrong with your foot back then? 
Well, I don't know for sure. Also, yeah, George Parrott had it. I, 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 every time I've seen a picture of it, or at least the bones, it's like literally just a stunted foot. Oh, okay. The, oh, yeah, that's I've right. Seen of it. Yeah, because like, uh, they, they cut George Parrott's foot off and put it in a fucking museum under glass, right? right? Uh, yeah. Among other things like his face and his nipples and his everything else. Are you familiar <laughs> with George Parrott at all, Chuck? No, but I, I think I'm in love. We, we covered him in a previous episode. He was like a shitty outlaw. That when he got uh, hung, um, they, they skinned his face, uh, and they made his torso into a pair of shoes and a medical bag, and they uh, uh, used the top of his skull as an ashtray and a doorstop for a while. Yeah. And then they, I think he also had a club foot that they put in a little glass, like, terrarium, so yeah, you I could, put like, pi- ogle it. I put a picture of it on uh, on our Instagram page. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, club foot is a birth defect in which the foot is twisted out of shape or proportion. Treatable by a medical professional requires a medical diagnosis. Yeah, I, I, don't just, know why, uh, I don't know why it went out of favor. I had to look it up too. It is not a catch-all, but I bet you anything, it's one of those things where they they learned how to correct that a little bit later. So back then, you yeah. just dealt with it. Well, instead of like just putting leeches on them and then praying it away, they actually you know do something. So yeah, like I could see where that would be the case with a lot of medicine. But anyway, so back to your clubfoot grifter guy, Will. Uh, 1877, he goes to Leadville, Colorado from Texas when a gold rush busts out there. So Leadville's at about 12,000 feet and far away from the railroad, too. Um, when a bay came too civilized, which meant everybody in town had already been ripped off before, he left at 20 to go to Denver, which he spends a lot of his time at. To hide his age, he grew a beard and wore a big back black sombrero. Sick. Solid plan. Yeah. That's a look. It's a very like inconspicuous is what yeah. I would, I'm just I'm imagine I'm imagining like a comically large sombrero. Like, like straight up three like, amigos. Yeah, like five feet across. Like Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Jerry Ferguson, it's a funny name. Oh, the other claim to fame with uh Chuck there is having the door from the Smokey and the Bandit uh Pew for T Justice. That's right. right? Whoa. Oh wow. I got a barbecue your I had that in my garage for many years. Sweet. Oh, you didn't use it as a bathroom door? I would now, but uh, <laughs> my dad my dad threw it out at some point before I was old oh, enough to son of a say, bitch. don't throw that out. That's yeah. Hollywood history. Oh, well, man. Matt, you, can, you know, that's a good starting point to, like, build a restoration of the car. You know, you only need the one part, be it a tire, a door, a yeah, muffler, pl- and then you just build the car around that, you know. So you plant the one... Plant the one part you got in the ground, and it'll grow a whole new car in a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> oh, wow. I really missed an opportunity. Yeah, I'm an auto mechanic, man. I know this stuff. Yep. It's, a, it's a bumper crop. <laughs> oh, that oh my bad. God. Oh, boy. Back to your fucking Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in Denver, he gets arrested enough times where the officer just writes down Soapy when he gets arrested. And that's Jefferson. how got his Jefferson name. takes too long to spell. Yep. <laughs> You know, so plus he couldn't spell Jefferson anyway. So. Yeah. Uh, there, Soapy becomes addicted to Pharaoh, the card game, yeah. not the not the Egyptian. Um, so all the money he'd get from ripping off people from Soapy, he'd spend there. Um, oh, um, there he sees a woman getting harassed by a male patron at uh, one of the uh, nightclubs there. So Soapy attacks the man. Then they were later married. Him and Wait, the man? Him, him and the guy? No, the woman. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, wow, that's... Wait, Soapy and the woman? Soapy and the woman or the other the, guy? Uh, 1800s, yeah. Yeah, Soapy and the woman. Oh, okay. Not the guy that got beat up and the woman. No. 
Okay. But uh, yeah, Soapy uh, kept kind of those two worlds apart and didn't really even mention that he was married to all of his uh, dirtbag cronies there. Yeah, like didn't he? Like I think the, I read something about that. Like the woman, she was actually a performer at uh, one of the uh, kind of uh, theater type situation, you know, like kind of vaudeville show, and they had a bunch of female singers. So, like, um, half the guys that were running the games in there were all married to one or the other of these, like, young women they'd have perform. Um, and she was one of them, but he he kind of had, he basically was kind of half-assed stalking her before this whole uh, saving her from the ruffian kind of thing. He'd, like, hang out and watch her backstage and notice that she didn't cavort with, like, other male patrons like a lot of the other girls were. So that kind of impressed him. So, yeah, when they had the altercation with the guy, he kind of saw that as his, like, inroad to kind of start courting her. Dude, you know what fucking happened? He hired a friend to go harass her, and then he's like, hey, you, you get know, your damn man, hands well, off of her. Yeah. That is exactly, because yeah. when we, we listen to, like, all the scams this fucking guy pulled, oh, yeah. he oh, always yeah. had accomplices doing every everything. So I, that, is, that is right up his alley. Right in the wheelhouse, exactly. So he learns most of his stuff from a guy named Talk, Doc Charles Bags. Doc Bags. Dr. Bags. <laughs> call me Dr. Bags. Sign me and up. I'm Mar- and I'm Marty Bags. <laughs> oh, God. So by the time 1884 rolls around the Rocky Mountain News, editor John Arkins, he started attacking Doc Bags in the paper. And he challenged the sheriff to actually do something about all this crime. Uh, Bags spends half a day in jail, and he was let go when he successfully uh, represented himself, saying, Bunko steering appeared nowhere in the legal statutes, so he just walks out. And it says, what? Bunko steering? <laughs> what does steering. that mean? Bunko steering, which uh, means you're you're operating all the con games in town and, and whatever. Okay. But he says, uh, you know, I'll come back when you made a law against it. So, okay. <laughs> That's yeah. some fucking nuts. That's some balls. Like, uh, what level of uh, scammery is uh, Soapy operating on right now? Is it what? is it still just the the soap thing and the shell game, or are we all already in the some of the heavier duty shit. Um, I think now he's getting into the heavier dutier, like uh, uh, the fake lottos and stuff like that. So he's got like the the bought off police and all that shit. Yep. So basically, Man. yeah, he he had a lot of people in his pocket, and I wasn't it the one where um, basically anytime they'd like arrest one of his guys, they just like get a hold of some family member, and then uh, some of that corrupt cops would just like let him out right away. And they'd probably show up and beat the shit out of whoever had him arrested is pretty much how it seems to have operated. Yep, that's pretty much it. So th- this guy this guy just like invented the mafia, basically. Like he oh, had I a fucking mob been going. For, yeah, for some time, yeah, yeah. But... yeah, he was good at wow. organizing, so And and crime, so put those two together. <laughs> what have you got? I'm a crime organizer. <laughs> Well, dudes, I have to go. Oh, 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 holy oh, shit! The fuck was that? God damn, Chuck! Like, oh, well. Is that a yelp? Well, yeah, that's coyote. Uh, I figured Chuck should be prepared for that, cause not in the too distant past. His his podcast, uh, stuff you should know. You know, told us like uh, what you should know about coyotes, and they've spent a lot of time talking about how they don't really eat adult humans. But uh, here, well, I guess uh, that's fucking bullshit. Well, here in how the West was fucked, land everything tries to kill you. I had to fight some beavers earlier today. That's what happens out here in the fucking 
mid 1800s west you know so yeah sorry chuck your modern like motherfucking tofu eating fucking urban coyotes that's not what we got around here we got fucking real like iron man like hardcore coyotes yeah not red deaded so, that's right Red Dead but and also, uh, we do appreciate you showing up and uh, and spending some time with us. Well, thank you very much. And Even well, though he know, got drug off by wall dogs. Sorry. Well, we'll find his remains, drag him up to Boot Hill, and give him about a three-foot burial. And, uh, yeah, sounds good. You know, That's the kind of respect we like to spread around here. Yep. And, you know, in how the West was fucked land, you know, we, we tend to, like, respawn at times. You know, like, I think Andy's, Andy's respawn more than any of us, so... Uh, oh, yes. We'll see what happens to Chuck. Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked will be right back. Need a new scent for your yearly bath? Try Soapy Smith Swindler Scented Soap. Wash off the stink of perspiration and desperation with soapies. The ladies of town might even find you less repulsive. Hidden in every tenth bar of soap is a $20 bill. Most likely one of my cronies will get that bar of soap. But you can sure the hell try. Now try our new invention. It's called toothpaste. It's like soap for your teeth. That's Soapy Smith Swindler Scented Soap. Making you smell more like a confident man. Get it? Welcome back to How the West Was. Fucked. Okay. <laughs> So eventually, Doc uh, retires to San Diego at the ripe old age of 70. Doc bags. After he left town, uh, when then Soapy takes over his job as the head of the crew. A lot of those crew follow him up to Skagway, too. Which I've always thought Skagway is such a gross fucking name. Oh, totally, yeah. Does it just, it sounds like, like a trail of dried blood and feces left by somebody... <laughs> That's got some kind of like shingles that are like dragging themselves along the ground like a reptile, just leaving a, a shitty, the sk- bloody skid mark. Oh, and the skagway. You can totally follow him by his skagway he left behind. Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to know the skagway when I find it? Follow oh, your know. nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That junkie had a lot of skagway on him. Yeah. But anyway. And the 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 original uh, way to. Spell it too is all fucked up. Skagu, uh, oh, Skaguhe or some shit with a Q. You know, it's and actually a X. It's like based off a native word that they couldn't spell, probably. Yep. Like chicken. Yeah, and, uh, it's like tar- Tarmigan, Alaska. Yep. Who knows yep. how to spell Tarmigan? I don't fucking know how to spell Tarmigan. Fuck it, just call it chicken. Well, Same you mean thing. those chicken things out there? Yep. Holy chicken. And of course, the uh, nearby town that's ghost town now is uh, Daya. So the locals kind of get pissed at Soapy in 1891 because for some reason, instead of just harassing the the miners coming through, he harasses uh, picnickers at Logan Park. So we got to put that on the Ben Hyman uh, uh, roadside attraction list there. Okay. So the uh, one of the newspaper writers uh, was... Uh, Stalking Soapy and his muscle named Banjo Parker beat the shit out of him. <laughs> what? Is it ban- Banjo or Banjo? Banjo. Banjo. Dude, Guy's Banjo. name is Banjo Parker. 
I uh, I was I was waiting to be processed in King County Jail for uh, you know a crime, and uh, you did there, not commit. No, I committed it. There's a guy that uh, there's a guy in the holding cell who like half of his face looks like it got hit by a truck, like it was fucked up looking, and like he had like big dreads and shit. This white dude, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, like just making conversation. I was like, what happened to you, man? He's like, oh, I fucking got all fucked up, and I. You know, like, held a knife to my roommate's throat, and then I let him go, and then he smashed me in the face with a banjo. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that would actually, you know, you know, like, uh, what was it? They're not light. Well, like the honky-tonk man from wrestling, he used to smash, like, cheap guitars on people and shit. A banjo is substantial as hell, dude. Oh, yeah, it's metal. It's It's a snare drum on a, a fucking guitar neck. When I'm picturing some of the thinner strings kind of working like a, a mandolin or a cheese cutter kind of, you know, like the yeah. wire cutter kind totally of system. Yeah. Man. I almost anyway. had to beat the shit out of a wild turkey with a ukulele, so just imagine how that would have sounded. <laughs> it, would have sounded, it would have sounded a lot like you getting your ass kicked by a wild turkey because if my dad can hit one with a Louisville slugger and it just comes back like the Terminator, your fucking little ukulele ain't having any effect, so... Uh, oh, and so instead of being charged with attempted murder, he was charged with simple assault. He pays his $1,000 bond, but somehow the trial just never comes around. <laughs> because the we judge just, is in his pocket, I'm assuming? Yeah. Oh, yep. we just kind of forgot. For the prosecutor. So a few times he moves out of Denver and back again when the, the heat gets too much. His wife goes back to St. Louis with the kids and just kind of stays there. Probably uh, better. Yeah. Some of the other towns he worked in were Cheyenne, Ogden, Salt Lake City. I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of easy pickings there. Oh yeah, <laughs> people uh, believe anything. Some of his gang was troublesome Tom Caddy. I just wrote down the cool ones: Fatty Gray and Tom Crippen. Wow. Tom what? Crippen. Crippen. <laughs> Straight Crippen, yo. He fucking started the the Crips. Yep. Uh, cannot confirm nor deny that but just gonna say go with it just go with it so the editor of the denver paper now sets up his articles on soapy uh then he goes to pocatello where kid kelly rincone kid was operating uh he sent him there the year before and banished him soapy did then the two gangs get into a gunfight uh one guy got about that yeah one guy gets shot in the leg, and Soapy was arrested for it. Uh, but the Pocatello Sheriff just sent the two gangs in opposite directions. Just tells them to get out of town. You stay away from each other now. Yeah. What could go wrong? Yep. So Soapy goes to Ogden, then Spokane, then returns to Denver in the spring of 1891 and opens up a huge-ass gambling hall. Where Bat Masterson used to deal. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yes. Um, two men complained that they lost too much, so Soapy was arrested for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking, now that's a little weak. I kind of got to side yeah. with Soapy on that shit. If you're fucking, yep. you know. I mean, this is it. I guarantee you they were cheating. They're being cheated, but, you know, you are gambling. Yeah, expect ass, it. You know, like, it's like, it's, the, called it's, gambling. Like the pers- it's like the person that burned himself with hot coffee and sued McDonald's for it. It's like, fuck you. 
Not really, because, well, you know, the thing is with that one, Tony, like, that lady had to get, like, skin grafts and shit. The coffee was way hotter than consumable, which oh, is yeah. why she she actually won a lawsuit. Because everybody made, and still do, make fun of her, like, oh, dumbass, coarse coffee's hot. But this was, like, hot enough where if you tried to sip it, it would, like, burn your mouth. And the reason that story came up, because McDonald's kind of put it out in the uh, public sphere saying, you know, this is kind of fucked just because they didn't want to pay. Whoa, pay really? out. Wow, yeah. it worked. It worked on me. Yep. I guess I, I never worked fucking read about it. Yeah, it actually was hot enough where it caused, like, the skin on her thighs. Because what she was doing is she stuck the coffee between her thighs as she was getting in her car, like yeah. you do. But, yeah. you know, they had those chintzy kind of, like, styrofoam cups at the time. The lid just it, popped off. Or the lid popped off, and then she had all the... Uh, Skin in her kind of crotchal, crotchal Ooh. region, uh, kind of, kind of slough off and bliss her up. She so, was like yeah, an eighty-year-old old lady too. Yeah. Oh, really? Fuck yeah. Man. So it wasn't just some dumb fuckery, but that's kind of how uh, uh, McDonald's oh, tried to paint her as. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So she learned something new every day. She didn't get oral sex for at least a couple of weeks after that. What? Nobody gonna, likes coffee. I'm gonna leave that. Nope. La- later. Nobody wa- likes coffee, bro. <laughs> so this is uh, Soapy's quote from the from the court case that they had there. This is a kind of a classic quote. In my games, the player cannot win, but when he leaves, he has learned a valuable lesson, an experience of the greatest value. I should be recognized as a public benefactor. Oh man, he's this doing guy's a public a service. Fucking yeah, that is some Donald Trump ass shit. Oh right yeah, there. man. Oh yeah. He has a lot of little quotes like that, like wow. uh, uh, in in the in this book. There's like a, a, just a shitload of uh, Soapy Smith, King yeah. Kong, nice. Yep, which is which Will kindly sent to me. Uh, but yeah, it's full of like little quotes from him, and he is just a bullshit artist of the extreme. But he definitely uh, he definitely is kind of a hyena that is 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 telling everybody that the antelopes and the lions and shit should all be grateful for. Him coming and fucking their shit up. So on to the town of Creed, Colorado. It was just Creed. Creed. Um, uh, so he was looking for a new town where they had fresh rubes, rhubarb, just rubes. Yeah, I was just gonna say it sounds like rhubarb. Yeah, fresh, small it's, batch, it's, handcrafted, locally grown. So what rubes. cool guys call rhubarb now? The oh, the rubes like nothing pisses me off more than when people call noodles nudes. It just makes me want to fucking. Who the hammer. fuck calls noodles nudes? Internet kids. Ugh. That that I, and got, goddamn uh, tendies calling chicken tenders tendies. Oh yeah, makes me want to fucking cheese grate yeah. somebody's fucking nose off their face. My uh, my but, buddy, uh, are they my, fucking still eight years old or what? No, yeah. they're probably in their like lower to mid thirties or you know upper twenties in a lot of cases. Old friend of mine used to get like really grossed out if you referred to food as vittles. So I used to call yeah. food vittles a lot around him. Well, like I fucking Trey, hated that word. Trey will, Trey will call the you know the chicken strips at the Vic. Wow! Oh! Holy shit! All right, so Will's shit just all collapsed. That was crazy. <laughs> that fucking tree just fell on Will. A something or the earthquake? I don't know. A fucking mountain lion attack. Uh, what the fuck? All right. Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked. We'll be right back. Grab him by the nuts. 
President of these United States of America by owning a pair of Trump truck nuts. Made of ballistic plastics, these handsome nuts hang patriotically off your truck's rear end. These finely crafted testes are molded after the president's own nut bag. They're so realistic, you can smell the American exceptionalism. Real Sumatran orangutan hairs are added for. Just, just terrific. You big hair. The president's face is embossed on both testes and stamped with the presidential seal. Buy these tremendously terrific Trump truck nuts today. Sold at Walmart and your classier dollar stores. Buy these nuts, they belong to Trump. It's the only truck nuts with the president's face. Some say they're toxic, but that's just fake news. Buy three or four and stick them on your heart today. Grab them by the nuts. Grab them by the nuts. Trump trucks 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 nuts. Let's pick it up in the town of Creed, uh, Colorado. Um, yeah. So the town was so new that they didn't even have any government at all. So Soapy kind of handpicks all the all the people in charge, oh my uh, including his brother-in-law, the chief of police. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good stuff. No nepotism. No. Oh. Uh, uh, Bob Fitzsimmons, a gambler, went to Denver and procured a cement likeness of a man buried in the hills. His friend J.J. Dore found the petrified man. They displayed it at a hotel and charged 25 cents a look. Yeah. <laughs> so Soapy then steals the petrified man and displays him in the back room at another hotel. 10 cents a look. Yep. Uh, Fitzsimmons <laughs> sued Soapy over the statue. They agreed to split the profits. <laughs> yep. Well, and look, so I did, we're both I did, ripping I, people off. You might as well just get into it together. Well, I kind of did a deeper dive into um, into this fucking petrified guy. Um, Soapy's crew called it. Uh, they they named him uh, Colonel Stone. Okay, <laughs> and like their whole spiel was like, you know, he's like the twin brother of Goliath and, you know, he was running around the world before the dawn of man and he's plucking cougars out of trees and eating them raw and like all this crazy shit. And they also Wait, said was, that, was it a giant or was it like a normal size? It was dude? slightly bigger. It was bigger than a normal person. Cause it was like made out of concrete and plaster right. and shit. So it was like, I was slightly bigger than another person. Apparently it also had a tail cause like Darwinism was becoming a thing at this time. So they put yeah. like a short tail on it. <laughs> to show that it was like the missing link because they do compare it to uh they weren't aware necessarily of like all the stuff like osteopithesis or uh 
Australia Pacific Pacific Kings. Kings. Yeah. yeah. But they did know about Java Man. So they're comparing it to... They said this was like a forerunner to Java Man. So, I mean... I mean, they were trying to be, like... For 1800s, even though it's a fucking hoax, they were trying to be kind of his like... A on, on the cutting edge of science. Right. Yeah. Okay, but wow. the thing the thing is with this fucking thing, apparently... Here's what it is. It was um, it was built by a guy that uh, originally before this uh, in New York, they had the Cardiff Giant. It's his farmer built this fucking big giant and a out of concrete and shit and buried it. And, well, I don't think he actually even buried it. He just pretended like he dug it up. And he ended up um, attracting the attention of one uh, P.T. Barnum who, uh, uh, who, bought it, who bought it from him and put it in Barnum's Museum of Natural Wonders or whatever the fuck it was called where he has wow. like... And then, uh, and, and uh, apparently the guy that, like, I read one account where they thought that, um, Barnum bought this one. I don't think that's the case, but what I do think is the case, it sounds like the same guy that built the Cardiff Giant is the same guy that built the one that Soapy ended up stealing. Oh, shit. It's, it's okay. from, from, from the nearest I can figure it out. I was just going to ask about that because he said he went into town and procured a stone statue of a man. It's like, okay. Well, apparently so... they found it in a garbage dump. Uh, it was made as a hoax uh, by a guy in uh, apparently like, or buried by the guy that made the Cardiff Giant apparently in like near Beulah, Colorado. And it was found by a quote unquote like uh, um, geologist that was out looking for fossils, which probably wasn't the case. It was probably one <laughs> yeah, of the buddies. Yeah, because if a ge- geologist saw that shit, he'd be like, yeah. oh, it's cement. <laughs> when apparently they were, no, we know he was a plant. He was a, like the dude's buddy who yeah, claimed I know, to be. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and it's then. intersects uh, with Cope and Marsh, too. Yeah, it does, because fake fossils and weirdness, and yeah. But, I just uh, like to imagine the guy making these statues is like, it's like going to a deli and, and they give you a card, you know? It's like tail. Uh, three legs, four legs, two yeah, legs, yeah. circle one, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, one yeah, head, yeah. two heads, pickles. That was the whole thing. Things. Is like, uh, they, like, cause yeah, didn't uh, Cope and Mar or didn't Marsh have a look at the Cardiff Giant yep. or something? Yeah, and he's like, oh. the thing was like it, he was uh, explaining how much of a bullshit thing it was, and then he was explaining it to a, a guy that he didn't know, and it turned out to be P.T. Barnum. Okay. <laughs> on a train back to, to Connecticut or whatever it was. Gotcha. Uh, they called that giant Muldoon back in uh, the 10 years before when they're ripping people off. Right. Muldoon, which is a good name for a giant, I guess. Yeah, yeah. sounds sounds cool. But So basically it was like a secondhand giant that had been like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's that's the fucking store in the mall we're gonna open up after this. Well, and then there's a, there's a clip. Oh, and Tony's secondhand giants. There, there's a thing where like a lot of people like realized it was a hoax. You'd like pay your ten cents, and they purposely yeah. had it in kind of a dark room. Right. You know, they had like some oil lamps going, but it was kind of shadowy and like creepy yeah. looking. And you're going for the you know and, like anybody that's been to a carnival sideshow has seen shit like this. You know. Yeah. 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 But uh, but uh, the the thing is um, like the Denver paper actually uh. Uh, uh, kind of supported the fact that it was real. They didn't support. They didn't think it was a petrified man because they kind of figured out that that's idiot. Like that, that doesn't happen. Like you don't. Yeah. Like fret, fret. But what they thought it was then, what they explained it as then, it was a leftover sculpture from an ancient civilization of unknown humanoids that were that size and had the tail or whatever. And they said, "Yep, yeah, it cannot be fucked with. That this is definitely an artifact from this unnamed civilization." So they actually kind of stood up for the veracity of this thing being a real thing. 
It, it, yeah, it's fucking dumb. It's some, <laughs> it's some like, InfoWars grade bullshit. Oh, my God. But, uh, but yeah, so. Don't go anywhere. How the West Was Fucked will be right back. There's a new way to eat bacon and eggs. Complete breakfast, living home on the range. A bowl of little hooves you can scoop with a spoon. Liquid smoke technology, flavored corn to boot. It's everything you love about mosquitoes, but smaller and first thing in the morning. Right, vegetable? Yeah, that's right. With marshmallows. And more. Yeah, that's right. They're all new mosquito bites. And you know they're good because they're made by Bronson Swagger Industries. Wholesome and good, you know they're good for you. Bronson Swagger put them marshmallows too. It's mosquito bites. Mosquito Bites, a Bronson Swagger company. Anyway, back to uh, enough talking about concrete, dude. But anyway. Oh, yeah, that happens in April. By July, a man named Ed O'Kelly, a distant relative of Jesse James, goes to Creed and shoots Bob Ford, the guy who shot Jesse James. Coward Bob years before. Ford. Yep. But by this time in Creed, uh, the citizens have kind of organized and they actually want a government and a sheriff. So now it's time for Soapy to go back to Denver. Got to know when to fold them. Yep, like when there's a sheriff. Yeah, right. (laughs) And and like laws. The law, my only weakness. (laughs) Damn it. So summer 1892, Soapy reopens his saloon there in Denver. By July 17th, he was arrested. He and his uh, local muscle, a man named Bowers, beat the shit out of a guy who refers to Gamble. Who refused to gamble? Yeah, you're gonna gamble. gamble? gamble? Like it. Like, no, we're just gonna take your money. <laughs> you're gonna fucking play Pharaoh. I'm gonna break your legs. So he was defending himself with an umbrella. Oh, the and, penguin. Yep. Oh yeah. I and read the cops come. <laughs> so Soapy uh, denies even being there. When a witness named G.R. Ford steps forward to say that he was. Oh, this is in court too. So Soapy reached over. Uh, an officer and punched him in the, uh, right between the eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, that doesn't admit guilt or anything. Yeah, like like the like the cops are like, hey, break it up, break it up. You know what's going on? And Soapy just flat out like punches yeah, like a- past the cop and catches a guy like pretty much in the top of his nose is what it amounts to. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And notice, uh, did did Soapy actually get arrested for doing this in front of the cops? Uh, yeah, I actually went to court, but uh, I don't think anything came of it. Of course not. And everybody usually disappears or, uh, you know, leaves town or a combination of the two or whatever. <laughs> Go to Belize, like they use in uh, Breaking Bad. Send him to Belize. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yep. So by this time... Uh, Davis Waite gets elected governor of Colorado, and he actually vows to clean it up. Uh, He wanted all police and fire departments to resign, but those were the guys who were on Soapy's payroll, and they didn't want to. Waite said he'd send the whole state militia. 
they didn't believe him, and Waite sent him in. Yep. Complete with two, two cannons and some Gatling guns, and also yep, some, shit. and also some regular army backing them up. There was um, shit. It wasn't uh. There's like eight companies it, waiting outside of the town. Well, and it was oh, like shit, dude. Ge- it wasn't General Crook, but it was like General McCrook, like backing them up. I mean, they were not fucking around. Although being being uh being soapy at that time, you're like. Like seventy percent scared, thirty percent like impressed at how fucking badass you are. Well, no, what Soapy did is he got every cutthroat, cut purse, fucking grifter, like hatchet man and shitbag in the town, and they armed them all with guns from all the pawn shops, and then they occupied the Capitol building and had like snipers up in the towers and shit like that. Holy and they basically, shit. Yeah. Okay, so I take they, it back. So, Bo, when you were out, when you were out gathering, they had five hundred pounds of dynamite too. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he brought five hundred pounds of dynamite. So, Bo, when when you were out gathering firewood, I was uh, talking about how I w- I want to see a movie made out of this, where it's like a like a heist film where like uh, Soapy has to put together like a team and like a comp- accomplish some shit. This yeah. is the this is the this is that movie. This is the part. Yeah, where yeah, like he's, he's got to put together a fucking team. It's like a fucking Blazing Saddles and they got the line of like people trying out to be in the, the gang or whatever. Right. Just all different kinds of pieces of shit, assholes. Well, I can't remember if this is the one where I think didn't he actually have more people that or I think it was that was maybe a different one where he had like more people than the uh, the authorities. I thought maybe he had like 300 there's one where he had like 300 people and whoever was coming. To, oh no, that was a Vigilantes that's later, sorry. There's one where they had like 110 people going after Soapy, so he like raised his own vigilante group with like 300 people. But this is not that case. I think I think this one they were kind of outnumbered. But like I said, they're occupying the Capitol building, which you know in those days that's one of the going to be the, one of the only brick buildings other than the bank oh, or yeah. stone. You know, so it's actually a pretty defensible thing. But you got the opposing force with cannon and fucking Gatling guns and you know dudes. So that's that's where we're at right now. So we'll pick it up from there. Um, so the head of the militia was a General Brooks. I don't know if that was the guy you were talking about or the guy waiting outside of town with the regular army. That's who I was talking about, the guy waiting outside of town with the regular army. So you had the militia and regular army on standby. So this is some straight-up David Koresh fucking Jesus. Waco, Waco shit. <laughs> like... The militia general didn't really want to fight, though. So he sends a note off to the governor asking him to put in writing that it was okay to shoot these people, <laughs> these former yeah. former heads of police and fire and, and yeah. government. Well, also, didn't he say, like, you know, if a shot rings out, uh, I will be killed, like, immediately, and you will be killed yep. probably shortly thereafter? 15 so minutes. He's, he's, like, advising the... <laughs> But if you say fire will fire, okay. Yeah. Just realize I'm going to be dead and they're probably going to get you is, is pretty much what he's saying. Yep. He so the governor, yeah, he steps down from his threats and both sides decide to let the court settle it. And this was called the city hall war. Yep. Ultimately, the governor won and the police and fire resigned. And uh, now the new police were after Soapy and his old guys who were formally in charge. That's so it's kind of time to leave town now. Well, I like the fact that it's called the City the city Hall War, but there's actually no shots fired. And actually, you know, it's probably a good thing that that didn't happen. But holy shit, it'd be a lot more awesome. if I mean, that would be some Hollywood shit if there had been, like, this epic fucking throwdown, you know? 
But unfortunately, you know, they actually for once like calmer heads prevailed. So we don't get like a nice proper actual bloody battle. Yeah. I mean that's that's pretty uh pretty impressive for this time period. Well also you notice it's white people against white people, so they're a lot yeah, less yeah, cavalier that. about who they're gonna kill and why and for what little provocation, so it's probably probably part of the reason. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, about this time, too, the price of silver drops, uh, so there's not a lot of reason to stick around. So, with a lot less money floating around, the gangs start to fight each other, too. And uh, so he made the deal with the cops that he'd leave town if he released all the his pals that he arrested. So he did. So, in 94, 95, did a cat fall on your computer? No, I'm, uh, I'm, I just pulled a 12-pack out of my backpack, and I am now opening it. Why not an 18? There you go, Tony. Uh, because Thanks, I, had, I had already purchased one last evening and then uh, managed to uh, drink all of it before I got home. So this is my, uh, I didn't want to spend it for another it's 18. O- and it's only a four-block four walk from the yeah. store, too, to his house. It seemed kind of gluttonous to... Uh, Consume 18 beers and then have to purchase another 18. I didn't drink only all three the beers, beers I, per block. In my defense, I was also like giving beers to other quarantine folk, but like, uh, yeah, it's fine. Other homeless. I, I still drank more, way more of them than I thought. And uh, that's easy to do with rangers. Yeah, that's the thing is they're they're very gentle, especially I'm used to having the like what 16 ounces, and these are like the little guy cans, so. I mean, you can do this shit all day. Child size. Yep. So in 94-95, Soapy is out looking for a new town to exploit. On the way, he goes to Mexico. Oh, yeah. And he calls himself a colonel. <laughs> managed to managed to meet with the president of Mexico. What the fuck? For Rio Diaz. <laughs> what the fuck? Soapy learns that he's short on soldiers. So, Soapy offered to raise up some mercenaries. He almost uh, convinces the president of Mexico to give him a job and $10,000. <laughs> but when somebody actually double checks on his title of being a colonel, uh, the con was kind of squashed after yeah. that. Well, you know, all he was going to do is take that ten grand and maybe, maybe go get those people that he just had doing the standoff at the thing and just like, yep, we're now an army. Guess what, you know, but I don't think he actually had any intention of actually doing that. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And I don't think he'd actually put into it. But I do think he liked the idea of being called like a colonel. You know, maybe uh, that little armed standoff kind of like fluffed his nuts up a little bit. And he kind of liked the uh, idea of, yeah, I'm I'm like a wartime leader. I'm like a fucking, you know. I wonder what, I wonder what, um, when when he starts these, uh, these, ideas in his head right i wonder how far he takes them in his head before he gets you know what i mean like if in his head he's like okay maybe i will go get some people and then i could just be a general down here and run well, an army or I is he just pa- thinking of like give me that 10 grand i'm gonna get the fuck out of here you're never gonna see me again well i think a lot of the times especially like con artist types like that um they're part of their whole thing is getting people to act on their flights of fancy and so right. they, I, th- I think the they, really, I think they really kind of shield themselves from those kinds of delusions of grandeur, just yeah. because they're so used to preying on other people's fucking, you know, because everybody wants to be like 
popular or important or whatever. Right. And they and they use that to or rich, you know, and they use that to prey on people. So I, w- I would think that somebody in Soapy's position like can recognize that and is like, okay, here's you know, I'm not going to be a sucker in this way. You know, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm sure it appealed to him on some on some point. Like, yeah, I could do this, but he's like, yeah, I just rather have the money and not do any of the work. Is, yeah, is for sure. More likely, you know. But anyway, carry on, well. Louis tries Texas, Spokane, and Cheyenne again, and Salt Lake City. It's shocking and... how much this motherfucker traveled. Like, yeah, just think dude. about what you just said. Like, I mean, that's that's a lot of distance between all them cities, even in a car. Yeah, and this is 1890, so there there are yeah, so a few railroads the, to go down. Yeah, but the cars oh. were super slow back then. Yeah, that's true. But in Houston, he walks in with a, a friend. His rival is shooting at the or uh, sitting at the bar, and he shoots his friend <laughs> and tells Soapy to leave town. Yeah. What? What? They just like walk in. He's like, "Sup?" And just shoots his friend. Yep. Then he was told to leave town, so he did. He was a that seems, smart guy. Seems kind of a, yeah. abrupt. <laughs> Wow. Okay. okay, well, see you later. <laughs> yep. Does the, Homer, goes, huh? does the Homer Simpson, like, uh, backing up into the bush? Back into like, the bush? You know. Yep. I was thinking, like, pow, pow. Big gulps, huh? All right. <laughs> well, see you later. 1896 also finds him in Cripple Creek, Colorado. Up hey, on going Cripple down to Cripple Creek. Creek. Going down to Cripple Creek. That was about the only big find in Colorado at the time. So the city fathers of Cripple Creek hire three-finger Jim Marshall as the marshal. Do you have three he, fingers he, on one hand or three fingers all together? I would say probably one hand. Okay. Probably up his ass. Three-finger three Jim, like, you know. Oh, that's like, how many how many fingers you can get uh, two knuckles deep? <laughs> Just a bit. knuckle. Depends on what kind of a uh, 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 like work situation the person we're talking about has. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like yeah, th- th- three. He's a high school shop teacher. Three three figure Jim the gigolo has a different thing than like three figure Jim the gunfighter. <laughs> right. Or the or three figure Jim like the typist. <laughs> like uh, how, how many words? How many <laughs> words a minute? Like I don't know, like eight. Yeah. <laughs> they call me three finger Jim, but you can call me Hunt or Peck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So anyway, he goes to the train station. It's his job to keep Soapy out of town. He just meets him at the train and convinces him to go back. <laughs> Dodgeable on that one. Yeah. So Literally. the big gold strikes at the time were in Australia and South Africa. But then the Yukon happens, and then that kind of turns around the economy. Ooh, Yukon Cornelius. Yep. <laughs> So April 11th, 1896, Soapy heads out of Seattle on the ship called the General Canby. No Soapy. bad luck to come from that. Yep. yep. You remember Canby, right, Tony? Think back to the Modoc War. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah. He was shot. And stabbed. <laughs> and so he kind of goes and, around and also Alaska. Stripped. And... And three-fingered. <clears throat> he doesn't go to Skagway right away because word doesn't quite get back there in time. Because he thought so he the goes name to, was gross. Yeah. yeah. Juno first. Yeah. 
He was arrested the first day and fined $25, so he of gets course. back on the boat. For what? Being a shit man. <laughs> you got to remember, but, uh, Tony, back in this day, you could actually, there was crazy shit you could get arrested for. Like, um, uh, like uh, James Butler Hickok was often arrested for, like, uh, vagrancy. Like, Wild Bill. Yeah. Because he would just kind of sit around and drink and gamble and really not do much, and they could just get you for fucking vagrancy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, like, chased or like, like being unemployed or some weird shit? Kind of. Well, he was employed as a gambler, and sometimes he'd hire on as, like, a hired gun, or he did some lawman work and shit, but, like, or, and, like, some scouting. But, yeah, mostly he just drank a bunch and talked shit. But, like, uh, yeah, I think they kicked him out of, what, like, Cheyenne and, like, Laramie and shit for possibly Denver. For just, like, well, you're not doing anything, and you're just, like, basically you're attracting a bunch of people that want to fucking gunfight you because you're, like, famous. So get the fuck out. Damn. <laughs> so, I mean, they could kick you out of town for many reasons. Like, oh, you're a fucking Catholic. Ooh, you seem to be part Chinaman, or you, I, I don't know, like, whatever the fuck. Want. You're a Quaker. Like, they can just find a reason to kick you out. Wow. And I'm sure some of Soapy's uh, reputation, you know, people people knew of him in the lower 48. And since everybody were kind of congregating on uh, Alaska, there were no, like, um, you know, everybody was from somewhere else at that point. There wasn't a bunch of, like, whole generations of, like, Anglo people that had been raised in Alaska at that point. Right. So nope. they knew not this Not even in the 1960s. <laughs> or were yeah. not the 1890s. Yeah. But, uh... So, well, yeah, even the papers in Seattle and Denver were writing about him all the time, more so than the Skagway paper. The Skagway paper was under his control, but the other ones weren't. So he was pretty famous. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked will be right back. Late for class. Forgot your books. Your cat was eaten by your dog. Your dog was eaten by a grizzly bear. Kinsey broke up with you after a three-month relationship. Boy, have you had a day. New from Bronson Swagger, the makers of the first American scotch comes child's play. The first whiskey for kids with fun flavors like black bean, goat milk, New England blue crab, grape, and many, many more. And it's only 50 proof. Go ahead and have that third glass. So unwind and leave your troubles behind, cause it's playtime. Child's play from Bronson Swagger. Bronson Swagger. It's good. Actually, so when he's up in Alaska the first time, he actually stops in the town of Hope. Which is not very hopeful today. It's no. Basically, you can only get there by water and the nice silted Kinnick arm or cook inlet there. Or you can walk a trail that's like 25 miles and get attacked <laughs> by a bear. <laughs> There's no road in there, but it's still a town. Alaska anyway, is fucking great. Yep. So, so Hope is basically like the, the northern version of um, Mile City? No, because yeah. Mile oh, City is cool. a major truck stop. Larry, like, there's plenty. You, it's easy to get a Mile City. Hope, you got to really want to go to Hope. <laughs> Mile City just kind of happens to you when you're on the I-94 corridor. <laughs> corridor. 
Yeah, you can see it in like. Although, hey, the fun fun fact, Miles City, as of a couple days ago, at least when I was talking to Oily, is one of the few cities in Montana that does not have a case of COVID nineteen. Whoa! Yeah, let's go there and spread it around. <laughs> I think it's because they don't have any humans, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, they're all well. They have humans. They just. A lot of them are from the same gene pool from the 1800s. And they must have this local resistance. No. I'm, I'm starting to feel bad about shit talking about city all the time. <laughs> yeah, and let's actually, move on to Glendive. I'm also kind of, well, and actually Glendive is the other city in Montana that doesn't, my brother-in-law's from Glendive, though, so I don't talk shit about Glendive. And then uh, uh, Jeremy Plyley. He's also from Glendive. You you met him, Tony, oh, yeah. when you were like filling gas in Oregon. Yeah, he was the gas station attendant. Yep. That came out and screamed at me like, "Why the fuck does your van say poop attack on the side of it?" <laughs> my friends in that band. I was like, "Yeah, well, that's my band." Anyway. Yeah. It's a small world. It can After be. All. So there's not enough people to rip off and hope. So he goes back to Seattle. <laughs> And there he gets word that the uh, Klondike Gold Rush is going on, so back up to Skagway. Well, the whole thing about the Klondike Gold Rush and Seattle, like, as famous for this, you, you don't get rich mining, you get rich mining the miners. Yeah, you get rich opening a bar and a brothel in Seattle. Or just, like, selling pants. I mean, you don't have to do nefarious shit. You can sell, like, sturdy trousers for <gasps> no, like, prospectors. You get a bar with a brothel upstairs, and then when the when the miners are getting it on, you steal their pants, and then you got to sell them new pants. Well, you can do all those you things. Run the pants store I'm too. I'm just saying, it's just you know, come on, you got to diversify. You got to, you know. Anyway, so he gets there August 1897. So Skagway was on kind of a swamp tidal flats, which in Alaska can be kind of deadly because it's basically quicksand. Yep. Um. So they do have one dock there. One of the first buildings that you see after you scramble to get all your shit out of the tide was Clancy's Saloon. So as soon as Soapy gets there, he kind of insinuates himself into ownership. <laughs> Probably with a gun. And, how the fuck? Wait, he does stole that? a whole fucking bar. That's <laughs> yep, pretty impressive. Like, I'm gonna be running yep. this now. This is mine now. Mine. I mine. notice you don't have a uh, bar manager. Well, you, you got one now. I'm reminded of, like, The Office when, like, Andy's down in Florida and, like, whatever the fuck her name is just comes and takes his job because he's not in his office. Yep. <laughs> They're like, oh, why don't you go find another place to sit? No. Like, well, I, I want my... That, no. That's probably just what he did. Just walk yeah. behind the bar start... Yeah. Wow. But like you say, probably clutching a fucking cult peacemaker or something. Yeah. And uh, his gang would kind of filter in one by one. So nobody in town, nobody really knew that they were part of his gang, or, or at least at first anyway. And Plus, there's That's so many transitory people in there that nobody was really keeping track of everybody. That's how the fucking Nazis used to get into my bar. They come in one at a time with their tattoos covered up, and then suddenly there were oh, 12 yeah. of them in there. And they would all take their jackets off and have swastika tattoos, and you'd be yep. like... And then we'd have to kick them out, and then yep. sometimes they would resist vigorously. Yep. <laughs> that is a that doesn't thing. sound like Nazis to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes they would just leave if they were like still like oh, like over... Uh, kind of like outnumbered. Generally, then they would kind of leave with a minimal minimal amount of effort, but like if... Uh, 
they felt like they had the majority. Then we, we got to got to do a little bit of a uh, um, physical talking. Physical talking. Yes. The new album. Let's get physical. Co- contact sign language. <laughs> Full contact sign language. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, that's some three stooges shit there. Yeah. Uh. So the first townsfolk were that much better. They kind of ignored the fact that the whole valley was, uh, you know, homesteaded by a guy named William Moore. Uh, they sold 1,100 lots in two days, which I don't know how they did. So but like they one left, person? Uh, no, to basically like a thousand people. Well, like how, how much was a lot in those days? Probably like 20 bucks. Ever whatever they felt like they could get for it, but they well, left just... Moore's cabin in the middle of a street though <laughs> so they just built the town right around this one little cabin why wouldn't you just start the cabin as like the end of a block and not put it in the middle of the street what the fuck no they're just saying fuck you to that guy who thought the whole thing was his because it was well that guy needs to get better at shooting everybody or something I don't know. <laughs> uh you finally get a he got like a hundred thousand dollars after the fact of a settlement there you go. So the right. only law in town was actually James Shoup. He was stationed at uh, Daya, you know, that town five miles away. Yeah. Um, so if he had to take prisoners, it would be going to Sitka or Juno. And he left his nephew, John Snook, in charge. Soapy tried to bribe him, but the young man stood up for himself. Ooh. So he did not stay in Daya and went to Skagway instead. Look at the big balls on bread. Yeah. So Sophie was about 36 when he gets to Skagway. He was married for 12 of those years. Kept his family back in St. Louis. Uh, Bat Masterson was nice enough to write from Denver to keep him updated on all the things going on there. I still love that name. Bat Masterson has one of the best names. Badass names ever. Here's some more names. Who the fuck coming are from you? Denver to Skagway. What? Uh, here's some other names coming from Skagway, or coming to Skagway from Denver. The Moonface Kid, Jimmy Kid Jimmy Fresh. That's a fun. Um, that's an MC. I, I think you mean, like, yeah, MC or DJ Jimmy Fresh. Yeah. Come on. Some guy named the Lamb. Ooh, that <laughs> sounds like super religious, like like one of these guys that like whips himself while he prays and then goes and kills like gamblers or something. <laughs> I'm the lamb washing the blood of the lamb Ugh. like dressed so like the, the fucking man or woman named queen what? what some guy Damn. named the queen and some guy named blackjack blackjack He's probably good the, at blackjack the, the queen huh I literally yep. am picturing fucking Freddie Mercury yep just dressed in like a fox fur jacket Trump trucks nuts Trump trucks nuts you know, maybe some like stretched antelope skin tight pants, or or bath, Bass Reeves in a in an evening gown. No, no, just a giant like tough ass looking dude in a in a dress, some makeup. Yeah, see, that's one that like uh, they just named themselves something like Judy. So like, ah, I'm Judy. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think the Queen would be a little more like elegant. I, like, like I said, I like oh, I, I, see, I, 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 I like I like my Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the 1800s, even the women have facial hair in a lot of cases. Yeah, totally. So, and a uh, mustache. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, he's, uh, Soapy's doing his thing, uh, doing the protection racket, because liquor was actually illegal there, but nobody gave a flying fuck. Well, I was going to say, you can't survive in Alaska without liquor. Uh-uh. I was up there for Solstice a few years ago. Fuck, I think we we were up there three days. I think I ate three times, but God damn it, if we didn't, was, you were either drinking or you were sleeping. That, that was it. And you weren't sleeping much because the sun's up forever. You could be sleep drinking, though, too. Wow. Well, I don't know, I, I didn't have long enough to get acclimated enough for my body to start doing that for me, so. <laughs> I had to sleep like three hours, and then, you know, we'd get up and just start drinking again. You were sleep sliding last episode. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway, of course, he did his thing to only rip off strangers, not the locals. That kind of kept people in line for at least a little while. But on February 5th, this is the first winter after the gold rush up there. Young man named Andy McGrath goes to the theater with a young lady. He claims he was roofied and his money taken, $150. (laughs) So he goes and complains to the bartender named Faye. He beat the shit out of him. (laughs) What, the bartender beat the shit out of? McGrath. Oh. (laughs) Wow. So McGrath runs out looking for a gun to borrow. But he does find um, a Marshall Rowan. He was on his way to see his wife in labor. Like, well, instead of seeing the birth of my child, I'm going to go take care of this first. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was that common in the 1800s, because I know there was a time, like, later on where, like, you know, the father would sit in the fucking waiting room and smoke cigars and wait for shit to happen. until the 1970s. Yeah, but, I, you know, I don't know if, like, he was literally going to be, like, actually hanging out in the room. I suppose it just depends on, like, how austere and rustic your environment was and well maybe he's Victorian. the man who had to mine the rope or something like that <laughs> McGrath and the uh, marshal go to the theater uh, McGrath took a swing at the bartender uh, the bartender shoots him in the crotch <laughs> what the, the marshal Rowan goes for his gun and Faye shot him in the stomach and he later dies After this, the uh, whatever residents are left in Skagway secretly form a vigilante committee. Yeah, the hundred, like the hundred or whatever they're called. They're the the hundred something. Hundred and one. Hundred and one, yeah. Committee of hundred and one. These are the ones I'm talking about that, uh, yeah, they were the committee of hundred and one. And then, like, uh, I'm sure as you're about to get to, like, Soapy just, like, builds his own vigilance committee with, like, 300 people. It's like, what? Come at me. Fuck. Well, when your marshal gets taken out by a fucking bartender, you got problems. You, you anyway. got fucking problems. Yeah. That and guy should. The respectable people uh, actually draft a petition to the War Department to declare martial law. <laughs> they did send Faye to jail in Sitka, even though some residents wanted him lynched, but he later got off on self-defense. Oh bullshit! Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So the government was prepared to send four companies into Skagway. I roofied that guy in self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> then I kicked his fucking ass. And then I shot him. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, they're waiting in Seattle to get sent up, but it was quiet for two weeks until one of Soapy's men shot a newcomer. Um, <laughs> it's also reported in the papers down in Seattle that Soapy made... 
400 or 40k that year or 1.2 million in today's dollars whoa of just running small time scams and shit like that i just like the idea of welcome to skagway boom (laughs) (laughs) if you if this was your home you'd be shot already yeah yeah so the first week in march the army arrives there all the saloons and gambling houses are closed. Which I'm uh, sure the is... army really appreciated, because, like, if, if if anything I know about soldiers, they fucking hate drinking and gambling. So, <laughs> morally opposed to it, all of us, you know. Yep. <laughs> this is when Soapy forms his, he called his uh, thing the Law and Order Society of 317, not 101. See, I would have called it the 100, the Society of 102. And just, yep. like, escalated just a little bit. What? He called it the Law and Order Society? Yeah, yeah. What was that fucking gang from a, a bunch of episodes ago? They were called, like, the, the Innocents or some shit like that? Yeah, that was that was uh, Henry Plummer. <laughs> Plummer's yep. gang, that's right. The Innocents. The Law and Order Society. Well, and at this point, I, I, I want to, I don't, I'm sure you're probably going to talk about it, but uh, I, I want to ask, at this time, is uh, can we talk about the Telegraph thing, or does he not have that set up yet? Oh, he had that set up when he first got to town. Okay, so I the think telegraph- he might have been away at the time, but yeah, go ahead. The telegraph thing is fucking amazing because, like, they literally don't have any kind of telegraph shit. They just have people dressed like they're telegraph operators. There's no line going from Skagway to fucking anywhere. In fact, I don't think there was a line until about a year after Soapy died. But they just had wires going into the wall, and one thing said they just go to the wall. One thing said they went all the way out to the bay and then went into the water, as if at that time you had, like, underwater cable technology. Yeah. Because you, you fucking didn't. <laughs> um, um, but, like, people would come in and pay to send a telegraph, so somebody would, like, sit there and click on a thing. Oh, yeah, I'm totally sending this to your Aunt Mabel. And then, uh, and then like, they'd pay them for the sending it off, and then, like, you'd maybe get a, a return message from Aunt Mabel, which is, like, all made up. It's like, oh, my oh, God. I'm dreadfully sick. Could you wire me some money? And so, of course, the guys would, oh, I must wire Aunt Mabel money, pays the guy at the fake telegraph thing. And so the fake telegraph guy, of course, just pockets that fucking money. That's fucking fantastic. And, that is and brilliant. Me, and, me, and meanwhile, like Aunt Mabel sitting in Wisconsin or whatever, never having received any messages whatsoever, just doing her shit. Oh my God! They, he he's they're treating the everybody like it's a, a letter from Santa Claus. Like yes. you get you give your parents and your parents like write a letter back and oh you yes. got a letter back from Santa Claus. Except for this one has like financial transactions happening. <laughs> oh my God! But like Soapy had like the fake telegraph guys. I think he had fake clergymen that like would like uh, whenever they're running a scam, they'd have like fake like priests and shit like you know kind of like molding people to do what they want. He basically assembled a, a crew of, like, actors that were kind of doing jobs. Like, I'm assuming that bartender that is killing people. I guess it, it probably that his first vocation was not motherfucking bartending. It was probably breaking people's fucking heads in Denver and, like, stealing their shit. Right. You know? Um, so he's assembling this whole fucking crew again. And they're, they're, like, a lot of them that are holding these jobs that they're not qualified for. And they're just acting the parts out. And there's just all these little ways to like suck away little bits of money from all the Skagway residents. That's fucking but I think, incredible. But I think that the the Telegraph office though is my fucking favorite. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not like a criminal person by my. How fun would it be to work at that fake ass Telegraph office? Oh, dude! 
and oh, just dude. make make up shit constantly. Yeah. And well, just yeah. Like, you get to you get to write a story. I got a telegram from Ed McMahon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get to write There's a story, Nigerian like, prince out here that like you know has some funds that yeah. Yeah, well, your aunt Judy said that um, uh, the dog died and uh, and uh, her husband finally got a job and you just like write stories. Well, and I'm assuming they could do shit too. Like, okay, you'd have the guy come in, send off the first letter, and he, they learn some information about him that way. Then maybe they have another one of their compatriots follow him to the bar, strike up a conversation, and learn some like details more about his life so they can make the return telegraph seem more real. Which, you know, if it's just vague, it's nothing but he's been talking to a guy that he doesn't associate with the Telegraph shit. That's like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Kansas City. Oh, yeah, what goes on in Kansas City? Well, I'm my, my Aunt Mabel and my Uncle Ned, and, you know, he's got a bum leg, and, you know, and she's a fucking... Yep, just wrap all whatever. that into the story when you give them back their and, letter. And that's, yeah, and that's the thing is you were able to, like... And I, I don't think it was as easy to fool, or I think it was easier to fool people in those days anyway. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, they had the ability to just basically... Once you walked out that fucking boat... In fact, the boats between Seattle and uh, and uh, Alaska, you'd have spies on the boats already, like, oh, marking yeah. out people for when they land at the docks. So if you were some fucking shithead rube that shows up, you've already probably got swindled in Seattle. You get on this fucking steamer, you show up in Skagway, you've already been felt out by one of Soapy's guys on the boat. There's somebody on the beach waiting to help you get your shit out of the quagmire because, like that, like Will said... Yeah, they throw all the shit in the mud. Well, that and the title thing there is fucked. So if you don't get all your shit off there, it's going to get swamped. So you got to get it off there. Well, some stranger comes up and offers to help you and you strike up a friendship, and you start hanging out for a couple of days, they're just mining you for fucking inter- information. And they're sending, oh, oh, wait, you need this? Oh, why don't you go here? And you get, because, you know, because these newcomers trust these guys because they've been there for a while. It's like, oh, this guy's helping me out. Well, the, the only thing that guy's doing is, like, sucking the fucking blood right out of you and helping the whole criminal network do that. Oh, man. Like, the whole time there. This is before you even, like, take step number one to get to the gold field. Like you're said, totally, you, you're totally right. We should start a gang. <laughs> and and the marks were physically marked. They had what? physically mark them somehow on the ship before they got off. Just like, you give somebody you know, a tattoo without them back. knowing about it. Well, you put like maybe a piece of charcoal on your boot, and you kind of scuff up against their pant leg and put a little black mark. There's lots, lots of things you can do. What the fuck? Cut a little notch Brilliant. on their hat. I don't know. Like... In February, a little thing happened called the Battleship Maine blew up in Cuba. Woohoo! So it kind of uh, took the headlines away from uh, Soapy and all his shit. And gave um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt the biggest erection he's ever had in his life. Mm-hmm. It actually exploded. They had to pick up all the parts and sew it back together. <laughs> so uh, Skagway is kind of a dump by this time, you know, at just a year in. Uh, ships keep coming in three, four hundred passengers at a time uh, with a town that now has a thousand people. Just dogs, garbage, and animal bones everywhere. Sounds like uh, paradise. The, the town had four public toilets. Oh, no. Wow. And with the uh, weather warming up again, Ooh. avalanches are starting. Uh, they killed 64 at one time up at White Pass. Or at least 64 people were dug up. Who knows who else was underneath shit. 
And uh, even the Mounties had to draw their guns on Soapy's guy when they're getting the um, custom duties back out of uh, Skagway. Actually, they went to Daya just to avoid them, and they still went there. They still had to point their guns on them. Um, they're March. Like, they're like, all like, sorry, sorry, God takes the customs, sorry. Sorry. Uh, March, Soapy writes to uh, President McKinley offering up men for the Spanish War, the Skagway yep. militia. Of course, he hears nothing back, but he claimed that no, the no, president I'm... was commissioning him captain. See, I actually read, I actually read that like McKinley did actually recognize it as a thing. He just didn't make any effort to try to ship those guys to Cuba. That would have been a long trip. Well, well, that was but enough excuse to you know hold parades and stuff there. So I'd like to point out at the same time, one Theodore motherfucking Big Dick Roosevelt was assembling his fucking Rough Riders and like the first volunteer cavalry and all this shit and a bunch of Harvard football players and cowboys and. Mexican bandits and everybody else in order to go wage a war that was probably a false flag thing, but, you know, or as he called it, a splendid little war, but, like, Theodore Roosevelt was actually doing this shit. Uh, Soapy was just kind of, like, making it up, more or less. So on July 4th, Soapy has a grand parade. They had an eagle among the floats. The eagle is usually kept in a cage in the backyard of Soapy's bar and used to lure people in that way. I've heard of War Eagle before, but that's Bar Eagle. Yep. One, one, one letter of difference makes it all the much more pathetic. Dude, my my mom, uh, my biological mom, married a guy named with the last name War Eagle. So her actual legal last name now is War Eagle. Nice. I think they were cool. I think they were married for like six months or something. My dad's first like horse, well not first horse, but our old broodmare, like we called her Sugar, but her registered name. Oh wait, it wasn't War Eagle. It was a uh, Charge Eagle. Like, I, bar, like, bar Eagle. But yeah. Charging Eagle Bay. Yep. Uh, yeah, so once you get lured into the watching the eagle, you'd say, uh, well, you could either play this uh, you know, game of chance or you can get robbed, whichever you want to do first. So, like, look at an eagle and get your pockets picked or what? Yep. Okay. So <laughs> it happened to this one guy who would tell everybody in town about it, but finally the... Uh, the 101 vowed to get it back. So now they're oh, officially... Oh, that's the one where... No, that's not even a pickpocket shit. That was like a big bag of gold, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like 80 grand in like like today's money worth of gold. Holy shit. Yeah. Because wasn't he like oh. waiting to go back to Seattle or some shit? And... Yep. Okay. Uh, Sophie could tell that people were kind of getting on onto him. So he told everybody that he'd get the gold back, even though he has it. Yeah. By this time, the newspaper even turned against him. Uh, so Soapy began to drink heavily. Wasn't it his own newspaper? Pretty much, but, you know, after a while. It, you know, you just gotta <laughs> got to cut your losses sometimes, you know? <laughs> he started drinking heavily, huh? Shocking. Yep. Shocking. Mm. So at 9 p.m., July 14th, the 101 have a meeting at That's City Hall or the whatever hall they had in town. But it was too too small of a venue, so they move it out to the dock. Oh, yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. The meeting was how to get rid of these criminals. Yep. So the chairman appoints four people to keep guard. One of them was Frank Reed. Dun-da-da-da. Uh. And Soapy comes up 
to these four guys guarding, drunk as shit, Hold carrying a Winchester. Up. Yep. <laughs> and he walks up to Reed and asks him what he was doing there. Then smacks and, him with the butt of his rifle. And apparently was also, like, also was, yeah, poking him with the fucking rifle, yeah. So Reed grabs it and points the barrel down at the same time drawing his pistol. Soapy fires. Before going through Reed's groin. Reed fires and hits uh, Soapy two or three times. Well, apparently the, the first one the got him right through the chest, and then, like, uh, what, another one in his leg and another one in his, like, near his elbow. Yep. Which apparently pretty much, it sounds like it almost took his arm off, like his lower arm off. Jesus. But the most important part is, like, Reed put one right through his fucking heart from the fucking get-go. But Soapy managed to shoot Reed another couple, or at least another time, because I know he got one in the groin and he got twice. one in the thigh. Yeah, man, there's there's a couple of nut shots in this one, huh? There's there's nut shots abound in the in the old west. It was just a cornucopia of nut shots. <laughs> I'm sure Tom Horn shot somebody in the nuts at like fucking 300 yards at one point. I'm sure Bass Reeves fucking would hey. like just straight up like. Cup check people, you know. Dude, I just noticed there's there's almost no serial killers in this one. Yeah, no, this is all about conmen. You know, cool. this is, yeah. I like the conmen ones. Alright, so carrying on, so everybody's been shot. Well the two the two have been shot. And so, so Soap- Soapy is dead. Oh Reed, Reed does manage to live a couple of days. What he he didn't pull through with a bullet through dick. his heart and Dad, what's this one? Stuffing. Like stovetop stuffing or like fucking Yeah, delicious. So good. Thanks so much. Tony's daughter just presented uh presented him with some uh stovetop cornbread yeah, stuffing, which is open. it is cornbread open. stuffing is actually pretty period appropriate. Actually. Is yeah. it open or closed? It's open right now. I, I promise it's going to be just a couple more minutes and then I will be done and I'll come out. Actually, we have like three paragraphs left. Yeah, we just we just killed the main guy, so yeah. Yeah, we're good. So like the, the next morning, the 101 thought it'd be a good idea to try to round up the rest of Soapy's guys before they took off, which uh, they did get most of them. Um, the crowd was ready to lynch the, the few people they had at the hotel. Um Slim Jim Foster jumps out the window and was shot. Are you kidding me, Slim Jim? Are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> Sli- slid out a window. Yep. Slid out a window. I got. Did he get shot in midair as he was falling? He was shot at, but got away. Actually, he was caught by the crowd later on. But well, he's really Slim Tony. He's hard to hit, especially when he's running. <laughs> it's like trying to shoot the wacky, waving, inflatable arm man at a car dealership. Yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> So they caught 27 of Soapy's guys. Uh, Soapy had once said he had 205 there, so. <laughs> yeah, because Soapy's known for his honesty and his, uh, yeah, like, totally. uh, just divulging mm-hmm. all, like, real information to anyone who's going to listen. So. so basically, they put all these guys on a ship back to Seattle, but they do take their picture before they left, so, you know, don't well, take checks from these guys. Also, remember that they made them take their hats off. Which apparently, like in the 1800s, is like, man, you know, it's oh. like being naked. Oh yeah, it makes you look. He lost his hat. They they marched him down to the beach, and they were like, "All right, hats off." What? They took a picture. Wait, what? They, Take your fucking hat off. But 
No. It's like if you're getting your mugshot taken, it's like, all right, take your dick out. That's pretty much the equivalent. <laughs> so Reed managed to live 12 days before he, he dies. Well, he was shot pretty much in and around the femoral artery, femoral artery in an era where, like, I think we were talking about that with Chuck, where uh, we just kind of had gotten past the, let, like, let's put leeches on them and pray kind of medicine. Yeah. We were a little bit past that, but not not significantly. Like, they weren't going to stitch up your fucking artery. So most of the guys managed not to do any jail time. Uh, Reverend John Bowers and Slim Jim did one year in prison apiece, but Slim Jim was later pardoned by uh, President McKinley because he was dying from consumption. Oh, great. Always a good excuse. <laughs> well, I guess that's it, more or less. Soapy's dead. Yeah. He's not still alive? Nope. Not even. Damn. 120 years later. Sorry. Well, here's here's the crazy fucking thing. We're talking about, like, Bass Reeves and shit. He didn't die of getting, like, shot. You know, and Soapy was kind of a violent guy, but, you know, it was more like, you, you gotta do that confidence game, so you can't be, like, just overtly, like, murdering motherfuckers. Right. You know, but it's kind of ironic that he died in, like, a very close quarters, like, gun battle. Yeah, because that wasn't his M.O. No. Nope. But it... It's just the fact he. I, I feel like it was a man that knew he was losing his grip on pr- probably the last place he figured he could like because he was getting pretty old by this time. Not like super old, but you know, he moved all the way up, to, moved all the way up to Alaska. I've been run out of Colorado. Um, this is kind of my last hope. So he's like, you know, he's like, fuck, they're they're conspiring against me. I better go like stand up for myself after probably drinking like a gallon of fucking whiskey. Yeah, totally. Like he and, said, uh, said something to the effect of like, well. This is the end of the line. I'm going to go out and hail a gunfire. Yeah. Well, as we should, too, because this is stretched <laughs> on very long. Uh, I want to fucking, uh, I want to, first of all, thank uh, Chuck for spending a little bit of time with him. That, that was really yep. cool. That's Chuck, nice. you're awesome. Bad. Thank you, man. I, I feel bad that we've been having technical difficulties all day. And cats falling on computers. That, <laughs> that's, that's in the technical difficulty category. Yeah. But uh, still, yeah, that was that was nice having him stop by and I appreciate it a lot um I don't know what else like basically I'm like I'm of the opinion we're not gonna do a season finale because like we're just gonna just keep doing them occasionally because what the fuck else do we have to do yep exactly and uh press on <laughs> press on so um who was bitching about we oh Ben Heim was bitching about we hadn't posted one in a while which he just needs to wait because we're gonna keep cranking shit out while we're in uh, isolation. We're gonna we're uh, gonna work through the technical difficulties and keep fucking on push cranking. these babies out anyway. Keep on cranking. Yeah. All right, y'all be safe out there. Don't spit on each other or lick things. But keep on um, cranking. And keep just on like cranking. from Silence of the Lambs. All right. Well, hail a gunfire, guys. Hail a gunfire. Hail a jizz.